0: This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Almost Persuaded, Paul sails for Rome, A Fateful Decision, Paul's I Told You So, and Approaching Land. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendoors.org or your favorite podcast provider. Holy
1: God, holy and most gracious Father, have mercy on us, our Father. Father. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Finally, brothers, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against evil. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, and that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
0: Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God the Father. And our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, wherever and whenever God's word is preached around the world, opposition will rise up to block the work of the Holy Spirit. Mission and hostility belong together. Whether it is our prevalent cultural ideology of pluralism that denies all people the gospel, or whether it is in the form of governments who oppress their Christian citizens, or whether it is countries that have passed anti-conversion laws and shut their borders for missionaries from foreign countries to enter, or whether it is the hypocrite or the false teacher in the local congregation itself who wants something other than the true gospel taught and preached. All of these are indications That in every way possible and through every means available, the evil one prowls around and seeks to snatch souls away from the body of Christ and stop the gospel from running its universal course. The Apostle Paul is living proof of what it means to encounter opposition. On multiple occasions in Scripture, he demonstrates that being a true Apostle of Christ, who is called to preach the gospel to all nations, is not an easy standing because of the enemies of the gospel, those men who have no faith, who attempt to thwart the mission activity. Our passage read here this morning from Second Thessalonians, Paul wrote while in Corinth, And what happened there, as described in Acts 16, or Acts 18, is indicative of opposition. There we read, while Galio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him into court. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Paul is charged here bringing the word of God, the triune God, to people and letting them know they are saved by grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ. That was unacceptable to men of no faith. On another occasion, a passage we know very well, in 2nd Corinthians 11, Paul mentions a long list of trials and hardships he endured on his missionary journeys. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, being flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I have received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, I spent a night and a day in the open sea. On and on. Paul goes with the list of sufferings he went through as the apostle to the nations. He can show that he bears the signs of the cross on his own body, the marks of a true and genuine apostle of Jesus Christ. You and I might now think that having endured all these things, Paul would throw in the white towel. He would give up. Enough is enough, no more, but not him. In fact, he remains undeterred in pursuing his task and requests a prayer from the Thessalonians for the task that lies ahead. Brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed on and triumph as it did among you. He makes a similar request also in the letter to the Colossians, pray for us too, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. For Paul, the end times and waiting for the return of Christ includes the preaching of the gospel and the planting of churches. For the apostle, prayer is needed because it will put wind into his sails. It provides a moral boost and comfort to know that as hard as the work is to bring the gospel to others, Christians stand behind him and offer their prayers. The world represents a battlefield, and the preaching of the word is Christ's declaration of war against the evil one, who comes in all shapes and forms. In fact, the adversary to the gospel does not stop at the doors of the church, but enters them and wants to tear from it the fold of Jesus Christ all the sheep that he can get. This is why the Apostle Paul here sees to it that the Thessalonians, and also us Christians, need to pray for two things. First, pray for the gospel that it may spread. And second, pray for the gospel that it may remain in the heart of the churches that already have received it. These two aspects are part of the church's existence in this world. The mission of God that occurs both inside and outside the church. To those who believe and want to keep it, and to those who are outside, that their hearts may be opened and receive the faith. Willem luer the founder of this seminary, would say prayers for outer mission And prayers for inner mission. There's a parallel to Paul's situation that emerged 1500 years later with the reformer Martin Luther. In the second petition to the Lord's Prayer, he says this, Now pray for both these things. We pray that the kingdom may come to those that are not yet in it, and by daily growth that it may come to us who have received it, both now and hereafter in eternal life. All this is nothing other than saying, Dear Father, we pray, give us first your word so that the gospel may be preached properly throughout the world. Second, may the gospel be received in faith and work and live in us, so that through the word and the Holy Spirit's power, your kingdom may triumph among us. And we pray that the devil's kingdom be put down so that he may have no power over us. Indeed, like Paul here, Luther recognizes that there are two aspects to our prayer when it comes to preaching God's word. We pray that it must go out into the world so that the kingdom of God expands, and it must be preached among those who already received it so that they may become active in working love amongst themselves, sharing and strengthening each other with the Word of God, and remaining steadfast in the faith in Jesus Christ. It is important to know that while they preserve and seek to keep it for themselves, they also recognize the need of the salutary word to be preached to others around the world. Yet Luther's view here is realistic, oftentimes even pessimistic, in view of the opposition of the evil one. As he looks back into the history of the church, Luther acknowledges that the Word of God is like a thundercloud that can move away from one area to the next, discharging the blessed rain today, but then tomorrow do it at another place. Luther observes that the gospel was once at home in Africa, but not anymore, that is, North Africa, and so no country, as Christian as it may be, is exempt from the danger of losing the gospel in its midst. Here he says, the gospel was in Egypt, then it was gone. Furthermore, it has been in Greece, in Egypt, then it was gone. Furthermore, it has been in Greece, in Italy, in France, and in other lands. Now it is in the land of Germany, for who knows how long? The movement of the gospel is now among us, but our ungratefulness and scorning of divine word, pettiness and decadence make it so that it will not remain for long. Anyone who doubts that bringing the word of God into the world in these end times is an easy task is proven wrong. Christians must be realistic about the dangers the church is facing and persistent in their efforts to resist opposition. The fear and the concern for the church is real for Paul, for Luther, and for us. And today, as you can see in the bulletin here, we are commemorating also great theologians, Philip Nicolai, Johann Hermann, and Paul Gere, who both, all three of them, in spite of the adversity that they went through, wrote hymns for the Church of Comfort in times of persecution and opposition. Thus, while the Gospel is preached within and outside the Church, and while God, God does His work through the Holy Spirit, our part here, as Christians, is to bring to the Lord our prayers that those who have received it, that they may keep it, and for those who have not yet heard, that is two-thirds of the world's population, so that they may also hear it and come to faith. In his name we pray. Amen.
1: In our prayers, we remember the families of the victims of the shooting in Maine. I cry to you, O Lord. In the morning, my you. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold you with spirit. My mouth is filled with your praise.
2: And with your glory all day.
1: Every day, I will bless you. indeed you answer us with righteousness. O God of our
2: salvation, the hope of all the of the earth and of the
1: heart of the seas. Bless the Lord, O my soul.
2: And all, all that is within me, bless his holy name.
1: He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with steadfast love of your spirit. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let us pray. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, have mercy on us, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporally, that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, merciful Father, your thoughts are not our thoughts, your ways are not our ways. In your wisdom, you have permitted the shooting that befall the people of Lewiston, Maine. We implore you, let not the hearts of your people despair, but sustain and comfort them. Direct all efforts to attend the injured, console the bereaved, and protect the helpless. Bring hope and healing. That we may find relief and restoration through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I thank you, Heavenly Father,
0: through Jesus Christ.
1: Bless the Lord. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.